Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. about a uh, big commitment yesterday. Where this football team is at right now as they head into the bye week, what has to change? Can they still make a bowl game? Uh, we got plenty to discuss with our good buddy Tom Deanhart coming up here in about 15 minutes. We'll get you some good bets for tonight as well. I don't know. Why don't we just get started kind of like we always do with the light day and the need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. Blackhawks were back in action last night. Uh, no points for Connor Bedard. He had four shots on goal. But the Blackhawks do win a beatdown in Toronto, 4-1. to Tyler Johnson with his third goal on the season. Corey Perry got his first on the year. Sadeblom picked up 34 saves in the Blackhawks' roll, and they moved to 2-2. and It's been a rough road trip to get this thing started. Next up is the Thursday night trip to Colorado to uh, face the Avalanche, and then that's it. They're finally coming home after that game. I mean, it just feels like it's it's been forever. They get Vegas at home next Saturday. Uh, or on, on Saturday, I'm sorry, the 21st. They get two games at home, and then they kick them back out for another two road games. So let them have a homestand for Pete's sakes. About the nicest it's going to get in Chicago for the next, like, four months. Let them enjoy it. Poor guys. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson is, quote, probably going to miss the rest of the regular season. That's according to Colts team owner Jim Ursay, he told ESPN on Monday. The fourth overall pick in the draft uh, suffered a AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder during the second quarter of the Week 5 win over Tennessee. Quote Jim Ursay, the most likelihood is he's probably going to be gone for the year. I mean, it's not definite, but probably misses this year, and we're going to have to contend with that factor. Dang. Purdue football picks up a big commitment yesterday, right after we went off the air. Uh, Tavian Galloway is uh, verbally committed. 6'4", 218, tight end out of Ohio. Once pledged to LSU, decommitted. Looked around, he had an impressive list of offers from teams in the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12. He's ranked as high as the fourth best tight end in the country by ESPN. Galloway would be the fourth four-star recruit in next year's class for Ryan Walters. That now puts Purdue 28th overall, 8th in the Big Ten as of right now with the recruiting class, which can officially start signing on November the 8th. That's about it. It ain't been a real big 
Tuesday, to be honest. Part of it is, you know, we've got the Purdue football bye week. There's no Purdue sports until Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday's always just like an off day. You know, there's no golf or anything like that to worry about. No Tuesday night football. No hockey tonight. It's just kind of, it is what it is, man. But hey, we're going to have some fun here. We got a lot of stuff going on uh, in the uh, betting world tonight. Last night, I'll tell you what, we had all those hockey props nailed except for Nylander, who had at least four shots. We had to get the three. I saw at least four shots. I saw people posting all four of the shots this morning on the internet. Gambling Twitter is absolutely furious because everybody was on William Nylander last night and everybody got bruised over by the statistician who took away two shots. At least. Minimum. Ugh. I was cool, too. I was getting right to head to bed and stuff. I checked and said four. I thought it was great. Absolutely bruised over. That's all right. We're going to find some new avenues tonight. Uh, Our friends over on uh, DraftKings have got some boosts for you, too. Uh, Super boost. Castellanos to record a hit boost at a plus 100 tonight. No sweat, same game parlay, same game parlay X for you tonight. 33% boost on yes or no in the first inning run scored in Philadelphia and Arizona. Uh, 25% parlay boost in your NHL tonight. 25% postseason boost on any MLB bet tonight. That I want to take 7.5 on the over. And I'll boost that. I think that's my play on that one in the uh, Arizona and Philadelphia. Huge profit? No. Will I take it? Absolutely. I'm in on these guys. Let's get the bats going tonight. As for the NHL boost, how do we want to use that tonight? Well, uh, let's look here. I mean, we got a couple of plays that I like. Sebastian Ajo for the Hurricanes is over two and a half shots. He hit in both games against San Jose last year with 13 shots in two games. They are fifth worst against centers last year. Ajo has hit this mark in his last two games. So that's how we're going to start it off right there. Go ahead and give me Sebastian Ajo. And we'll go over uh, two and a half with him. Also, I'll go, I guess I'll go with March Assault tonight over two and a half. Vegas Golden Knights. He usually doesn't let us down. Hitting 71% of home games last season, four out of five versus Dallas. Hitting eight of his last 10. So I'm going to go ahead and take March Assault. Not the best uh, line there at minus 175, but we're stacking these guys, so uh, I'm kind of hoping that uh, that pays off. Uh, I also like uh, uh, Kirill Kaprizov tonight for Minnesota, over 3.5. Boldy's out. He's got to step up and against a team that is not very good uh, at containing left-wingers. Montreal fifth worst against the left-wing. 
He's got five shots on goal versus Montreal last time he was out. Averages seven shot attempts per game this year. We need four out of him. So we're going to go ahead and stack those three guys. Gets us the 314. We use our 25% boost, and we're nearly to 4-1 to one on our money. On Ajo, Marchessault, and Kaprizov tonight, that's how we will utilize that bet right there. No problem. I have not thought through the same game parlay. Don't get me wrong. There is some college football tonight. I'm on Liberty to cover the 14. Liberty is 11-0 against the spread since 2019 when they are not a 21-plus point favorite and have allowed less than 16 points in the previous game. They allowed 13 points to Jacksonville State last week. They're taking on Middle Tennessee tonight. Liberty also at home. Weird stat, yes, but that is hit in 11 straight. Middle Tennessee is 2-5 and five on the year. Liberty undefeated. And uh, they've, been, they've been covering. So I'm on, I'll take the 14 tonight, and I will take Liberty as well. Hey, that's how we're going to stack it up here today. Take the over. In tonight's baseball game, we will take Liberty minus 14, and then we will take that uh, three-way there of uh, shot props. Sebastian Ajo, Jonathan Marchessault, Kirill Kaprizov with those boosts. Two of those things got boosts to them tonight, too, which you'll love to see. We're going to take a break. Where are you going? Hang tight. I'm going to get Tom Deanhart on the line here in just a moment. We're going to talk some Purdue football with him. Stick around. There's plenty more here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring our very good friend Tom Deanhart from goldandblack.com. No site better. They're covering your Purdue Boilermakers. And Tom is just doing an excellent job of that day in and day out. Tom, great to have you back on the program here. Bye week for the Boilermakers. Uh, first up, before we get into where this team is at, uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Uh, they reeled themselves in a uh, top tight end prospect in the country. And uh, Tavian Galloway, this kid ranked, I think, his highest fourth best tight end in the country by ESPN. This is a dude that they had in a whole lot here. I thought that it maybe had gone away, but he makes the commitment yesterday. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, he's more of a receiving tight end, Jared, about 6'4", maybe 215, 220. I'm sure he'll bulk up a little bit, but not a real traditional inline tight end, if you will. A guy you could sort of flex off the line and, and split out wide if you wanted to at times. So, again, a terrific athlete, you know, good athleticism, good frame. And, you know, one time he was committed to LSU and uh, reopened back up. I think there was a party in the ways there. I'm not sure why. And had some interesting schools looking at him. Miami at one point, I know, Central Florida and some others. So, again, uh, a, a position of need, too, Jerry. They got. I think there were 23 commitments. Now they got 24, and he's the first tight end. So that was the spot they wanted to fill, and it looks like they got him a special one. That'll make it for a nice little tight end room next year. I mean, obviously you get Max Claire back. Hopefully he looked like he's been doing good. I know uh, you know Bibber, everybody talks about what kind of a freak athlete he is. Now you add in Galloway there, and that should be a position of strength for Purdue next year. 
Yeah, and they also have a true freshman, George Byrne, right now as well, number 81. And I think he's got a bright future too, Jared. He's about 6'5". Kind of built a lot like uh, Galloway, honestly. Um, has that rangy frame. He was a good track good hurdler in high school. Uh, very similar skill set. Keep your eye on him, number 81. He's seen a few snaps this year. So you're right, even though Garrett Miller will be gone, they're going to have four pretty interesting tight ends next year. Uh, for for that offense to work with, I know it was a very big recruiting weekend for Purdue. I think you said somewhere around like eighty. They had like eighty prospects across uh, several classes as well. Uh, did you hear any buzz out of that? How did that go? Are there any names that you feel like could be imminent that maybe folks need to watch for here in the next couple of weeks before my heck signing day is coming up here? What uh, in just two three weeks maybe? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Upwards of ninety guys they had in <sighs> here. A lot of two thousand twenty five kids. Guys who are just juniors in high school right now. A lot of the top Indiana guys. Mylon Graham, as a matter of fact, the number one player in Indiana, was committed to Ohio State, but he was he, he he took in the game as well. So, yeah, they're sort of scrutinizing a lot of the in-state guys. A lot of guys from all over, to be honest with you. And again, a lot of juniors in high school. Um, honestly, the 2024 class about ready to put a bow on that, Jared. Um, like I said, 24 commitments now. Maybe one or two more guys. Desmond Stevens is a is a linebacker who was committed to Boston College that decommitted. I think Purdue has a good chance to maybe get here to add the twenty four class at linebacker. They could use an inside linebacker. And honestly, after that, I think they're kind of kicking the tires on some junior college transfers. Um, offensive line's a big area of need. They've got some offers out to some JC linemen. So uh, that's sort of where they sit as far as the two thousand twenty four class. And like I said, already. Putting the big focus on 2025. As a matter of fact, Jared, a lot of these coaches, as we speak, are on the road now, um, visiting a lot of the prospects, not just the 25s, but the 24s. And they're going to try to see a lot of the 24s play on Friday night. We're talking, I should say. We're talking with Tom Deanhart here on our Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, here and now. Uh, Purdue coming off a, uh, a loss to Ohio State. I don't know that that shocked anybody, but. Man, you would have, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's in a good place here right now. Uh, the Iowa loss is frustrating because their quarterback, Deacon Hill, is just, uh, could could not complete a pass. He was even worse last week, it seems like. But, uh, you know, you feel like that got away from you a little bit. This is a down west as well. You feel like that is slipping through your fingers. I mean, Going into the bye week here, Tom, how, how do you view this Purdue team? I mean, are they on par with what you thought they were? Are they underperforming? Uh, where do you have them at right now? Maybe maybe slightly underperforming, Jared. Um, I thought maybe they'd have at least three wins at this point. You know, the Fresno State game and the Syracuse game, I thought they'd win at least one of those two games, maybe both. Obviously, they didn't win either of them, so sitting at 2-5, and five, in my mind, they've uh, they sort of underachieved a bit. Again, I thought they maybe be at least three and four. So, you know, the back's against the wall. Uh, at this point, seven games in, I think you are what you are. And uh, we know what Purdue's issues are. They've got some personnel challenges. Injuries are starting to strike. Everybody's got injuries, right? So Purdue's dealing with some key injuries as well. And they find themselves staring at, a, uh, I think, Jared, a make-or-break game next uh on October 28th, the next time they play, uh, at Nebraska. Five games left, at Nebraska, at Michigan, and then you got Minnesota at home, at Northwestern, then Indiana at home. Purdue's got to go 4-1 and one to get bowl eligible. 
forget about winning at Michigan, right? That means Purdue's got to win those other four games and starts again with that trip to Nebraska. Never an easy place to go. We all know Nebraska's still struggling, too. Purdue's won the last two times they went to Lincoln. So, really, it starts October 28th in Lincoln. If Purdue wins that game, they're obviously still alive. I got like their chances against Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana. If they lose to Nebraska, Jared, for all intents and purposes, they're their chances for going to a bowl will be over. 100% agree with that. Tom Dean Hart right here on thegoldenblack.com on our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Let's talk about uh, some of these injuries. Um, let's start the most important position, quarterback. Uh, Hudson Card, we, we were told, was banged up after the Illinois game, didn't look too good in the Iowa game. Seemed like he was a little bit better uh, against Ohio State, but i, I got to think that's one of those guys that just has to elevate his game going forward if Purdue's going to win uh, for those last five. They need him to kind of find another gear, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Every good team has to have a quarterback that, that, that plays at another level. Uh, you know, and it makes everybody around them better. And, and Hudson Card's been good, Jared. Don't get me wrong. Has he been great? I don't think so. But again, he, he you know, he, he is just, a lot of times you're as good as the players around you. But a lot of times, like I said, a quarterback can elevate those around him with his with his play. And and uh, you know, the offensive line's had its issues protecting him. Sometimes Hudson's held the ball too long. He's taken a lot of hits. He was banged up. He got hurt initially against Illinois. And it took a lot to get him on the field for the Iowa game. I think he was in better shape last week. And now, Jared, you think with, you know, a couple of weeks off here, by the time they go to Lincoln, he should be in pretty good health. So they're going to need him, obviously. They got to have Hudson playing well. They got to get Deion Burks, number four, I think, more involved. He's the one true difference maker on that offense. Keep feeding the ball to Devin Mockaby. And again, the offensive line, Jared, as you know, the football guy, everything starts up front on both sides of the ball. And that line, He's got to continue to play well. We saw Marcus Bowe get lost for the season. We saw Musa get taken off the field last week. Jared, I think Musa's injury may not be too serious. We could see him back in Nebraska. But, again, they've just been shuffling the players around the offensive line due to a lot of injuries here this year. I know a lot of the fans have been upset with some of that offense or lack thereof. Uh, what do you put it on right now, Tom? Is it the injuries up front? Is it... You know, the inability of the, you know, wide receivers, anybody to really separate themselves. Is it, is it Hudson Card? Is it Graham Harrell's play calling? Or is it something just as simple as, hey, we tried to install a completely new offense with all these new transfers coming in and getting and just hasn't had the time to be able to gel yet? Where, where do you lay the blame at for the lack of the offense? Sort of, I think it's, it's got to be a cocktail of all those things. And- Honestly, um, you, you can have the best playbook in the world, the fanciest plays, but it, it always comes down to your players. It comes down to talent, right? And I, I'm not sure if Purdue has the type of talent that's going to be needed to, to really compete for a division championship this year. Um, you can mention the wide receivers. There, there seems to be a real issue of those guys getting a lot of separation. Um, the offensive line, Again, the, the issues there have been well-documented. Jerry, they really struggled to get a push, especially in short-yard situations, especially down in the red zone. Uh, and the, those are two spots that stand out for me. So, again, um, it is partly the transition to a new offense. Uh, but, again, I, I think a lot of this, at least in my mind, has to do with just, just this, the staff still sort of in a work in progress as, try, as far as trying to update this, this roster and, and, and just infuse more talent in, in, in those depth charts. I think another thing that gets lost on, uh, you know, w- with the coaching staff, 
I've seen people point out, you know, Jeff Brom was able to come in here and, and do more maybe with less early on. But I think something that gets lost in that, um, Tom, is you know, he brought a lot of guys that he already knew, that he had, you know, some experience with. He brought with, we always talked about this with Joe Tiller, right? Joe Tiller brought his guys with him in the yeah. coaching staff. Now you've got a, a young coaching, so most of these guys are very young, and they not had a whole lot of time together either. Um, I feel like that's a story kind of gets lost a little bit here um, in, in translation a bit. Yeah, yeah. A, a young head coach, first-time head coach, uh, who really assembled a staff that's never worked together. Some of these guys did at Illinois, obviously. Kevin Kane, and Grant O'Brien, and Corey Patterson uh, came with, with Ryan from Illinois. But, again, a group that, by and large, has been stitched together for the first time. So I think that's a good point. Where, Like you said, Joe Tiller, well, that was a big part of his success was having all that, that Wyoming staff come with him to West Lafayette. And, and Jeff Brom brought a lot of his, uh, most of his crew with him from, from Western Kentucky. So, yeah, I, I think that's part of the, part of the, the transition and maybe, maybe why things have been a little bumpy this year. Yeah, and I thought that was to be expected in the spring. I was worried that maybe we were getting a little overhyped with this team. I know, you know, a, a Big Ten Network comes in. They tell you how great Hudson, Hudson Card looks and all that stuff. And we hear all these whispers. And I think we get a little too excited but i just i feel like as fans we put a little bit too much on them and hopefully we're not gonna do the same thing come basketball season although i don't know that that's avoidable at this point uh and, and that's just kind of the way that it is tom deanhart of goldenblack.com again he's always a tremendous read make sure you get your subscriptions over there he has got uh football covered for you what are you gonna do with a saturday off this saturday no football what are you gonna do uh, no i may have to maybe I have to go antiquing go to a go to a farmer's market or rake some leaves <laughs> do something jared <laughs> Rake leaves, come on now. Go to a pumpkin, then go to, then go to, go to a pumpkin patch. Right? Uh, you're going to get drunk and get lost in a corn maze, I think is what's going to end up happening you do that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, if I enter any mazes, i got to be sober. <laughs> I'll be lost forever. A little bit too much of that hard cider. you got to watch out for that. That's Tom Dean Hart. Buddy, it's always a pleasure talking football with you. You know I appreciate you peeling off some time and sharing your expertise with us. We'll continue to read you there on goldenblack.com, buddy. Thanks so much. Take care, Jared. Be good, buddy. Thanks, Tom. We're going to take a break. We'll come back next. I got the uh, folks from Purdue Sports. We got a uh, another big uh, week of action, including uh, that basketball fan day that is coming up on Saturday. They'll tell you about that and more. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Uh, we're over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're uh, Scott, Stephanie, Madison from Purdue Sports are on with us here. A, another big week, and we're getting the confluence of fall and winter sports kind of uh, intersecting. It's very, very exciting stuff. That means we get to start talking about basketball, which I absolutely love. Um, I know Fan Day is coming up, but first let's talk about tickets here. Um, I know these things fly off the shelves for both men's and women's, so uh, I, I don't have season tickets, Steph. What, what can I do about tickets? Are there going to be single games available, packages available? Uh, tell me where we're at with tickets right now. Yeah, for sure. So we do have season tickets available for our women's basketball team. So those are still available um, for women's basketball. Men's basketball, unfortunately, is sold out. But we do have single game tickets for both men's and women's basketball going on sale this week. So they will be on sale for the general public this Friday, October 20th at 9 a.m. That's for our men's and women's basketball singles and mini plans that we have available. But if you're a John Purdue Club member, of course, you get early access to men's basketball single game tickets and mini plans. So depending on what level you are, you have access starting right now, um, starting at 9 a.m. this morning, and we kind of have a tiered level system 
for our on-sales uh, today and tomorrow. But all John Purdue Club members will have access no later than 1 p.m. tomorrow, October 18th, to get their men's basketball sale game tickets. And then we have our Mackie Faithful uh, game, break game pre-sale on Thursday, October 19th at 9 a.m. And Thursday, October 19th at 9 a.m. is our women's basketball John Purdue Club pre-sale for single games. So John Purdue Club members, of course, always get early access to our single tickets uh, for men's and women's basketball. I hope that you get paid per mention for John Purdue Club there, Stephanie, because that was uh, that was a heck of a lot. But it does pay to become a member. Now, uh, if uh, you're covered on tickets or maybe tickets aren't going to be your thing, but you still want to get out and experience some Purdue basketball, both men's and women's, very cool event coming up this weekend with Basketball Fan Day. Tell me about that. That's right. So on Saturday morning, um, doors to Mackey will open at 9 a.m., and fans will have a chance to watch both the men and women's team practice. Um, in between practices, there will be an autograph session with both teams starting at about um, 11.45 a.m., and there will be kids' club activities. Um, kids' club members can stop into our fan zone table and get a few things that will help them out throughout the day. Um, so it just should be a fun way to kick off basketball season at Mackey. All right, it's a free event. It's free event. I don't need to go anywhere and get tickets. I can just roll in with the kids. Absolutely. They're going to love that stuff, too. So, uh, again, that's uh, that's Saturday. It starts at 9 a.m. That's when the doors open? Door, yeah, doors open at 9 a.m. Um, women's practice will start at about 10 a.m. Okay, and then they'll do the autograph session after that practice scrimmage, and then the men will take over, and uh, it'll be a fun day over there in Mackey for you. There's no football this weekend, so it's a perfect time to go on over to Mackey. Volleyball is back in action tomorrow night. Uh, they are going to be in Holloway taking on the uh, those jerks, the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, trying to get some revenge. They did not uh, play well down there in Bloomington, looking to get the rebound. Can I still get tickets for volleyball on Wednesday? You can uh, Volleyball Wednesday is sold out. Um, <laughs> as you mentioned, we were taking on IU. The game is at 7 p.m. It is a blackout, so we're encouraging all fans to wear black, and the first 1,500 fans will get a black rally towel to show support. I love to see that. So get on out there and support uh, Coach Shondell and company. If you got those tickets, uh, that will be a, a good time as they take on Indiana. And then soccer is back one more time in Folk Field for the season, and they're going to be taking on the Golden Gophers on Sunday, Madison. Correct. Yep, it's your last chance to see Purdue soccer this season at home. So come out. It'll be against Minnesota, like you said, at 1 p.m. It's our first responder appreciation day, and we'll also have a scarf giveaway for the first 300 fans in attendance. Uh, you can stick around after the game to get autographs from the sophomore and senior classes. And as always, dogs are welcome at Folk Field on Sundays, and admission is free. I love it. Those uh, those scarves are so cool. If you haven't seen them yet, they're very, very cool. So uh, get on out there. That's this Sunday. It's free over there to attend soccer at Volk Field. And it seems like it's going to be a nice day, like in the low 60s. It'll be so much fun. Uh, if that is too cold for you, because I know that's probably too cold for uh, Madison, uh, there is swimming and diving on Friday and Saturday, and that tends to be very tropical, humid-like climate when you go out there watch swimming and diving over the Burke Aquatic Center. But tell me about swim and dive this weekend. Yeah, so they're starting off their home season on Friday at 5 p.m. against U Indy, and they will continue on um, Saturday with the Dan Ross Indiana Intercollegiate, and that starts at 12 p.m. Um, as you mentioned, that is at the Burke Aquatic Center, and admission, admission is free both days. 
All right, so it's so simple to be able to do that. Again, uh, we got volleyball Wednesday night. We've got uh, swim and dive Friday, Saturday, the basketball band, uh, fan day on Saturday at 9 a.m., and then don't forget about soccer, 1 o'clock on Sunday, which is free to attend. Guys, uh, always great stuff. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Boiler up. Boiler up. All right, sounds like fun Saturday. Get the kids out. Get, I think we ran over those details Last week, too, I mean, like, you get there 9, 10 o'clock, the women start, and then it gets to, like, 11.30, then it's the autographs, then it's the uh, then it's the, the men's team practicing. I mean, come on, it's Saturday, you want to do something fun, you got to get the kids out of the house, and it's free. Sounds like a good time. I'm glad Purdue does stuff like that. Same thing, you know, they do the football fan day. Um, yeah, it's great. I like how the kids can – that's one thing I liked about the basketball. I always feel like the basketball players are very accessible. Very accessible. And not just the men's team, it's also the women's team who does an absolutely great job as well engaging with their fans uh, after the games and everything too. So uh, it'll be nice to uh, go out there, get those autographs, watch them practice, and get a sense of things. Uh, you'll enjoy it. It'll be a lot of fun. Last night's Monday Night Football game, I told you Dallas. I told you the script was in. But the the odd thing that the internet could not stop talking about today with last night's game was uh, the overly anxious Chargers fan. Did you see this? Did you see this woman they kept on showing on the sidelines? Well, not in the sidelines, in the stands, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You saw this woman. Everybody's talking about her. And the question is, Was she an actor? Here's my answer. Yeah. Look, I will tell you this. Anytime you see something that looks like it's not real on in the stands, you know they do the marriage proposal. Somebody will like you know dump a wad or something. You know it'll be like a whole thing. That's always that's all fake. All that stuff is fake. You're smart enough, if you realize if it looks genuine, it feels genuine, it's genuine. But you are, you've grown up in the internet age, you can spot fake pretty easily. Why does, why do they do this? I, I don't know. I, I, that's the thing that I can't pass. What is the benefit? Somebody going viral in a Chargers jersey? Is that the benefit? That's the only thing I can't get by. But yeah, it was really weird. I saw this. The internet won't stop talking about it either. And everybody seems to be in agreement that for some reason, ESPN, it has to be them, right? Because they're they're showing this. They're in on it. Ask yourself this. How many times they, outside of Taylor Swift, how many times they show somebody and then you see them again in the broadcast? It almost never happens. So if you see if you see somebody multiple times, yeah, they're an actor, it's set up, it's staged. Why? I don't know. We got a break. We're coming back. Things we may have missed and more as we wrap up the Hammer Down show on your Tuesday. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down show. Wrap it up here on 1017 the Hammer 1017 the Hammer.com. Had a nice little talk with Tom Deanhart earlier. If you missed the convo, 
Don't worry, we'll get it up here. We'll post it on the normal places, Facebook, Twitter, as well as uh, Spotify. You can find us over there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Subscribe, and then that way you don't miss out uh, on any of those conversations that you love so much. Time for some of the things we may have missed, you know, things that uh, kind of go on the radar, some of these things that are a little off the beaten path for us, maybe a little bit out of our purview, but I still want to bring up. Uh, <laughs> the Utah Jazz are going to stop selling Michael Jordan Jumpman t-shirts after backlash from their fans. I'm seeing a picture of this one right here, and it's Jordan dunking over the Utah, it just says Utah Jazz underneath the Jumpman logo. The Jumpman logo is very big. Now, you may remember an alleged push-off in the playoffs in the 90s. You may remember Jordan kind of taking it to the Jazz. I think this is, look, it's an honest mistake to do this. I don't think the Jordan brand was doing anything intentional, but I understand Utah Jazz fans. I get them being like, what are we doing? Absolutely not. But he did this to a lot of teams. But it's probably good that the let him sell it in other stores. Maybe not the official team store selling it probably looks a little bit bad. It's kind of funny, though. Can you imagine if the Pacers did something like that? Could you imagine if the Knicks did something like this? Yeah, no. No. Shane Beamer is now my uh, most, uh, I, I, I connect with Shane Beamer now. Allegedly broke his foot after he kicked something following the loss to Florida on Saturday. That's right. Oh, this is peak old man. South Carolina 2-4. and four. I'll play Missouri this weekend, but he says, I broke my foot on Saturday, so I'd rather just get out there and say it. And I and have not have you all speculating. And then after the game on Saturday at Missouri, you ask, I called Coach Ray Tanner, told him, made sure everything was okay. And uh, he died laughing when I told him. So I guess there's not a lot of empathy from him. It was after the game. Certainly was a gut-wrenching emotional loss. I was frustrated. I kicked something that I should have kicked. <laughs> uh, I thought I was okay, but the adrenaline wore off. And before anybody starts the narrative like, the head football coach is frustrated and lost his poise and all that. Uh, no, I care. I care about these kids, and I was really upset on Saturday night because I didn't do enough to help them get over the hump and win that football game. Is I don't think I'm about to have surgery, but there is a broken bone in my foot. Hurts like you know what. I got to show some toughness and fight through it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's relatable. I like it when these guys that make millions of dollars are relatable. One of us, we accept you. I need to know exactly what he kicked. I don't think it tells me, the articles don't tell me exactly what he kicked, but I need to know what he kicked and thought he was going to be okay. <laughs> Not saying that it's okay to kick things after the game. Feel bad as uh, feel bad as a dad. My kids saw me and were like, what the heck? So, lesson learned. Stupid on my part. Well, hey, at least you're going to get past it. That's good. Shane Beamer, one of us, we accept you. By the way, job openings here. Have you ever watched the NFL and said, hey, I got an idea? Well, the NFL wants to hear it now. It's called 
NFL Forward. It's a platform that allows anyone to submit creative proposals to advance the game of football. The league is emphasizing solutions in tech, flag football, fan experience, and inclusion. So you can go to the NFL and uh, you can submit these ideas. The top ideas may actually lead to opportunities to work in the NFL or what I would think would happen is they will just take your idea, not credit you, and uh, do it themselves with somebody else that they trust to do all of it. So just because you come up with a good idea doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get any credit for it. But if you want to go ahead with a dream, you can shoot your shot with the NFL Forward. Hey, I'd like to listen to the comments. I'd like to listen to the commentary between the replay and the official on the field. And they'll say, cool, we'll think about that ourselves, but you're not getting a job with the NFL. But this could be, if you have some kind of huge idea, maybe, maybe this is your foot in. Uh, to the NFL. I, I I don't know. But best of luck to you. Again, if you want to try it out, uh, the NFL, it's called NFL Forward. It's at operations.nfl.com. And uh, get to giving them your best ideas. I'm sure they will all be absolutely top-notch. And I'm sure I won't have to feel bad for whoever has to go through all of those submissions because I'm sure they'll all be top-notch, well-thought-out proposals. <laughs> and not complaints, because <laughs> that's exactly what it's probably going to be. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the uh, Hammer Down Show tomorrow. And we only got two coaches this week, right? Because uh, high school, you know, we normally do a bunch of high school coaches, but uh, Harrison, Jeff, and McCutcheon off this week. So tomorrow we will have Coach uh, Brian Nay with us. So you won't want to miss out on that. He'll be on the show tomorrow. I'm working on another guest as well. Hopefully we'll be able to get that uh, lined up and uh, we'll be able to talk uh, maybe some Purdue basketball here. We'll see what happens. But, hey, uh, join us back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. If you missed the conversation with Tom Deanhart, you want to go back and check it out. Again, we will get that posted up for you at uh, 1017thehammer.com, at the Hammer Sports on Twitter slash X, whatever you call it, uh, on Facebook. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those places uh, where you get your podcasts, we're there. So make sure you hit subscribe, and then that way you don't miss out on uh, those great interviews that uh, we get here on 1017 The Hammer, all right? Again, we'll be back again tomorrow at 3 o'clock, midway through the week. Coach Brian Nay scheduled to be on with us here at Central Catholic. Get set to kick off their sectional run with a home game against Winnemac. We'll get the preview from him tomorrow back here on the Hammer Down Show. 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7.